What's up, everybody? Am I doing all right? Yeah. Student ministry, that was really weak right there. Really weak. Good. Uh, I mean, we had all the A-Day games. I guess everybody's tired from watching those, yelling at the TV uh, yesterday, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's okay to be have fun in church. It's okay to be happy in church. Everybody agree? Yeah. It's uh, like 30% of you do. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there, though, okay? Um, I'm excited. I have the opportunity to speak. So can't, can't leave now. You're in here. You're in here. Lock the door. Um, and so uh, I have the opportunity to speak. Uh, Pastor and Dava have, are on a uh, well-deserved uh, vacation, um, a, a much-needed vacation, just kind of get away, uh, reflect, spend some time um, uh, with themselves and that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be up here. Um, uh, he didn't tell anybody because he knew you'd not come, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. So, uh, I get to tell you now and, uh, believe it or not, he, he entrusted Sunday with me, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm pretty thrilled. Not really he did it, Jamie, but you know, he just said, you can speak. Um, uh, so I was like, okay. And, uh, he let me know about like two or three weeks ago. And so I was like really pumped up and that was about like the Easter time, uh, Easter time. And uh, when that happened, it was just, uh, it was really cool. I just began to pray, really see what God wanted to say, what God wanted to do. I don't have this opportunity. I get to obviously spend uh, Wednesday nights and, uh, with student ministry and, and that kind of stuff, which is, which is it's thinking phenomenal, um, by the way. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Um, really just an update. I mean, these guys, and I said this when you guys weren't even here in the first service. So um, I just, I mean, they are, they are grasping through, through God. They are grasping the connection that worship is a lifestyle. And they are grasping the connection that Christianity is not something is, is not something that happens on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. It, it is a lifestyle. It's a life choice. And they are really grasping that. And it's, it, it's phenomenal just to be a part of that and, under, and see spiritual growth, you know, see spiritual growth. Paul said, I, I long and I pray that see Christ fully developed in you. Like as if Christ could be like 10%, 20%. And he said, I long to see Christ fully developed in you. And you know what I mean? You know what that means? Is that we, no matter where, how long we've been a Christian or where we are in our Christian faith, we have room to improve, more to go see and more to go do. Okay, maybe I just think that. Okay, but they're getting it. And I'm excited to be a part of that. April and I both are. And so, but with that, I, you know, comes that I just on Wednesday night thing. And, you know, so I get the heebie-jeebies a little bit when I get up here in front of the adults, you know? Ooh. And, um, ooh. And so, uh, but I'm excited. Uh, I just began to pray and really figure out what God wanted to say. And, and um, ever since he told me that, and, and, and that his pastor, he said, you know, I want you to think about this. I want you to pray about this. We're thinking about kind of leaving town for a little bit just to kind of get away and to reflect a little bit. Oh, man, that sounds great. But you know what I couldn't get out of my mind? I couldn't get out the mind and uh, the image uh, of the tomb. Like, the, you know, because around then it was Easter. And of course, can you believe Easter's already come and gone, which is wild. But it, it was the tomb. It, it was the empty, the roll, rolled away, you know, and all that. And I couldn't get it out of my head. I couldn't get it out of my head. And, you know, even pastor was like talking about, well, you know, I got friends and they were, they were tweeting or they were posting this and, you know, they were over there in the Holy Land and, you know, oh, it was phenomenal. The, this, this site that we think he was buried in is, is, is still empty. And, and this site where they may think, you know, this other part uh, we may be buried in as well. It, it's still empty, and you know, and, and I'm, I mean, I just couldn't get the mental picture out of my head about this this grave of the, like the tomb, you know, which is weird, you know, it's kind of creepy. And so, um, but I couldn't get it out of my head. 
I just kept dwelling on it and, and, and like, oh, my stars, what's going on? And so um, I just began to pray, well, God, what is this? What, what is this? And he led me to uh, the book of John chapter 11. Now, uh, the book of John chapter 11 uh, has a story in it that no other gospel has. And it's the, the, the story of Lazarus. Now, there are several Lazarus in, in, in the Bible, uh, one that's rich, one that's poor, the beggar, the, and, and then the one that was like raised from the dead. Um, and that's the book of John chapter 11, that's, that's the Lazarus I'm talking about. Um, you know, the friend of Jesus and, and the one who was raised from the dead. And, and even in that, there comes back the picture of this, this tomb. And, and we'll talk about it here in a minute. There comes back this picture of this tomb. And I'm like, what on earth? This is weird, you know? It's like dwelling on darkness and creepiness. And so I just, I, I just like, God, what is this? And then even more so, as if icing on the cake, as if you couldn't, you were having mental images of the tomb wasn't weird enough. And then you found like the story of Lazarus, which has to do with a tomb, which is weird. And then, but then I began to go through literally some stuff in my life um, over the last two to three weeks that, oh my stars, like what? Um, I mean, I'm hell on earth, like hell on earth, like shaking my faith. Did he just say his faith was shaken? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Like, challenging and anxiety and worry and doubt and even depression. I was struggling with, I, and, and, and still, oh my gosh, this week was the worst of it all. I mean, this Wednesday was, oh, you know, the pinnacle of it all. So we're going to get real this morning. We're just going to get real because I'm going through some stuff. And you know what? Some people out here are going through some stuff. And maybe you've gone through your stuff. Well, you need to start praying for some people next to you that are going through some stuff. And you say, well, I'm, I'm good, you know? Well, jot this down, check out podcast when you start going through something. Because, because you're not going through something right now doesn't mean you soon will not be going through something, okay? So let's pray real quick and let's dive into it. I got you guys all weirded out now. Jesus, you're awesome and we're not. That's what it boils down to. Um, and you're amazing, and we are not. And so, you did what you did on the cross to make us the righteousness of God because we believe in you. Not because we did this and we did that. Because we believed in you, you made us righteous. You made us awesome. You made us good, and you made us one of a kind loved by you with a purpose in this world. God, I ask today, as we yield our hearts and we yield our minds, that literally you unbind us and allow us to move forward in life. That you unbind us and that you allow us to move forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm continuing on with a for, moving forward series here that, that pastors kind of got up and going here. And I'm beginning in chapter 11 uh, of the book of John where it talks about Lazarus. Now, the first one of John chapter 11 says, now a certain man uh, was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, uh, the village of Mary and Martha. Now for a moment there, uh, Mary and Martha are his sisters. This is the Mary that we know as Mary Magdalene who would you know, uh, weep at the feet of Jesus Christ so much so that she'd be able to dismantle her glory. A woman's hair was glory. So when she dismantled her glory, she humbled herself. Okay? She, not just to humble herself, but she humbled herself to clean feet. 
And then she put perfume on his feet. That Mary Magdalene, this is this, that's the same Mary. And this is the same Mary and Martha that Jesus Christ decided to hang out at their house, which would be cool, you know? I mean, I'd have him over for lunch today. I wouldn't have anything to eat for him, but I mean, I'd have him over for lunch today. You know what I mean? I'm for real. And so... Um, uh, I'd have them over for lunch, which was cool. And they were having them over for lunch. And Mary was sitting there like goo goo gaga, you know, on the floor, like, oh, I love every word you say. You know what I mean? Because I'd be down with that. And Martha was like busy, busy, busy body, you know, just, ooh, just whipping up a storm and cake and batter and turning butter and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just do it. I don't know what they did then, but they did something like that. I'm imagining they said butter. I don't know if they had butter or not. doesn't matter. Everything's better with butter, though. Yeah, and so um, that was going on, and then Jesus Christ like was like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I know he's like Martha, Martha, Martha. Quit doing that. You know anybody Brady Bunch stuff stuff like that? I love it. Okay, and so he's like Martha, Martha, Martha. Quit doing that. Quit being busy. Know that my words are truth and last for forever. Have a seat. You know that's the still the same Mary and Martha here, and they have a brother uh, who his name is Lazarus. Uh, Lazarus, uh, you know, whatever it is. Uh, but I chose this verse right here because, uh, for one, I'm not going to read the whole story because it'd be like 100 verses long, you know? I was like, out of all the stories God would like for me to tell, this guy's like, shoo, and the next page, and then and the next page, and then holy God. <laughs> you know? Okay, and so I'm just going to bring out a couple of verses, but I want to bring out verse one right here because it says, a, a certain man, a certain man, and you know, I mean, you know, the Bible just does not make mistakes. Oops, no typos here. Without Word document. No, no typos. A certain man. And you know what God, when I read that, God was like, yeah, you know what? John, you are a certain somebody. You're not just an anybody. You're a certain somebody. So if you think I'm ridiculous already, just listen to what I got to say right here, and then you can tune out, okay? You are a certain somebody to God Almighty. Check out what the Holy Spirit said. You are a certain somebody that was created by a certain God that was absolutely certain it was important for you to be living. Here it is again. You are a certain somebody, not just an anybody. You're a certain somebody created by an absolute certain God who was certain of himself that it was important that you have life and that you live life. You are a somebody. I mean, you're not just a statistic that says 21,000 something people live in North Jefferson and a billion something people live in the United States. You're not a statistic. You're not just the average Joe or the average Susie. You are a somebody in this life. You're a somebody to God. The Bible says that he knows every hair on your head. Now, that's few for some of us, but it's a lot for others. You know what I mean? But the Bible also says that he's, you know, the thoughts of you cannot be counted in the grains of sand. The thoughts that he has for you as an individual can't be counted in the grains of sand. Shoot, last time I was at the beach, which has been a long time, but last time I was at the beach, I mean, I, how many grains of sand do I hold in one hand? His thoughts of you as an individual cannot be counted in the grains of sand. I love that song, which it's overplayed now, the David Crowder song, Oh, How He Loves Us. Yeah, you know, WDJC did that song wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't listen to it anymore. But I, it's a great, it's a great song. But I, every time I, every time I sang that song, I got jealous. You know, I got selfish. That's right. I did. <laughs> I didn't want to know how much God loves us. I want to know how much he loves me. I, 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 I coach, for instance, I, I coach uh, 22, 21 soccer guys. 
right now. And um, I mean, I, 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 I love those guys, man. They're awesome. I mean, they really are. They got some growing to do, but you know, it's, I, I love them. You know, I love them. Love them. You know what? April and my son Noah does not care how much I love those 21 guys. What they want to know is how much I love them. So I think he's selfish with that song because I want to know, oh, how you love me. See, that's it. This is certainty this morning that you are a certain somebody that was created by a certain God who saw it absolutely certain that you must, this individual must be created in my image to live life. You're a certain somebody. You have worth, you have value, you have a destiny, you have a being. There is a reason in this. You. The Bible even tells us that he loves us. Oh, okay. The Bible even tells us that he loves us, loved us when we didn't even love him. Do what? Because that's what happens in this story right here. That's what happens. What happens is, is that Mary and Martha send a friend to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, this is what the the messenger said. Jesus, um, the one in whom you love is sick and ill, Lazarus. Who does he think he is? The one in whom he loves. It even goes on in in verse five right here. Now, Jesus loved, and specifically, again, the Bible doesn't make mistakes here. The Bible tells us that Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus here. And again, I just mentioned that scripture that he loved us when we didn't even love him. Dude, I got news for you. I'm not, I could care less about you if you don't care less, if you care less about me. That's human nature. If you don't love me, if you don't want to scratch my back, I'm not loving you and scratching your back, please. You're out your mind. Nasty self, I'm scratching your back. I mean, that, that's human nature says that. I mean, that's human nature that says, I'm not going to love anyone that doesn't love me. And yet God goes above and beyond all that and says, I loved you before you ever even loved me. Do are you kidding me? You know, and it even goes on. This is so funny because, you know, when we teach like marriage and that kind of stuff, or just like the brother kinship, friendship thing, you know, and just like go love. And it's like, it's an action, you know, it's a choice, you know? And because it is, it is, it is. I'm just making fun of myself because I've said all those things. But the Bible tells us though that God is love. So he can't do anything else but love. Love for us is a choice and an action. Love for him is him. I get it now. The Bible says God is love. He can't do anything other than love. That's, that's it. I, I, I'm love. God equals love. Love equals God. I mean, that's just it. That's his nickname. That's his middle name. You know? Like, that's him. He's, it's not an action. It's not a choice. It's, it's who he is. He can't deny it. He can't move around it. He can't say, no, not today. Not this moment. Where's my slugger? You know? Because I don't love them anymore. No, it, it is him. It's his being. And the Bible tells us right here that now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. I want to know you today that you're not just a certain somebody, but that you're somebody that is deeply loved as an individual before you spend an hour in front of the mirror this morning. 
I mean, he loved you and your nappy hair, no shower, non-brushed teeth. He loved every bit of that. Before you got all dolled up, and I thought about wearing a tie this morning, because you know what? I didn't really feel like I was looking, looking love this morning. You know what I mean? That's just it. We, when we, when we get all fixed up, you know? God loves it before we even get fixed up. He loves our freckles. He loves our braces. He loves our bad hair days and our bad moments. He loves our attitudes. He loves our pale white skin or our dark skin. He, he, just, he just loves us. He loves us. He has no other choice but to, I love them. And not just, I love them. He loves you as an individual. As an individual today, he does not concern about how much this church and this congregation understands my love. No, he, he's concerned about how much you understand he loves you. You. You say, well, that's easy. <laughs> yeah, well, Paul said to a bunch of adults, I pray and I wish that you could grasp God's love and its depth, width, breadth, height in a new way. And today, if we could just walk further into his love and understand the scripture doesn't just simply say, now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus, but they understand that God is saying, I love you as an individual. I love you in your filthiness. I love you in your morning sleepiness. I love you in your late nights. I love you in your frustration. I love you for you. I love you. So God's saying this morning. So what happens is, is that Mary Martha sinned word, the one in whom you love. Jesus Christ says, oh, guys, guess what? Martha and, um, you know, Lazarus and Mary, uh, Lazarus is really sick, guys. Really, really sick. Now, let's go on to verse 11 or verse 8. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were still, uh, were just now seeking to stone you, and you are going there again. So what happens is, is that they send this request to him, and he says, you know what? Um, I'll go there to uh, Bethany, to Judea. I'll go there, but I'm going to wait two days. Hold on, this is somebody you love here. This is somebody who's sick. Anybody, anybody was sick this wintertime or sick right now? Anybody? Anybody? Just me. Oh, Okay, well, one in the back back there, right there. I mean, my, 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 Noah and April are still like coughing up lungs every time they do it right now. I don't know what it is. Just pray for us, you know? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they're getting better. But it's just sickness. Well, it just happened, you know, the sniffles or the, that kind of stuff. I mean, I was grossed out yesterday. I had, I had to take care of Noah for a while, and he's not grossed out, you know? I mean, he's not gross, you know? But he's got a little, you know? And then, dad, you know, dad's staring at the TV, you know? <sighs> You know, and I and then like 20 minutes passed, and uh, a funny story. Yeah, 20 minutes passed, and then it was like, a, I'll get to the funny story in a minute. Uh, but 20 minutes passed, and like, he's just, you know, snot just everywhere, all over his face. And I'm like, get a little tissue. And... <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Okay, because it just grosses. I mean, you know, grosses me out. Funny story, because this is just how dads are. And April's on the way home. She's calling, I'm on my way home. I'm just so tired. I'm like, crap, Noah needs a diaper change. What is he? You know, I, I mean, it's been like two hours. I didn't change his diaper. I just thought of it, but I didn't tell her that. But now I've told her that. So I, I was like, holy God, I wonder if he's, I wonder if he's stinky. I wonder if he's stinky. I wonder if he's been hanging out in a stinky diaper for two hours. Fortunately, he had. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I was like, oh, gosh, I run around everywhere. But off the trail. 
Okay, um, but this is what happens though. He, he's sick and he says, Jesus, Jesus, you gotta come here, man. The one in whom you love, the certain somebody here, he's sick. And this is not a, just a sniffle nose and, and all that kind of stuff. It's a sickness going to lead to death. Some of us have been there. Some of us have seen family members there. It's a sickness that's gonna lead to death. And what Jesus Christ says is, um, uh, we're gonna hang out for two days, guys. Do what? I thought you... You, this was a certain somebody. This was somebody that was loved. You know what? Many of us today find ourselves sick, ill, spiritually, physically. What do you mean spiritually? Uh, because you're complacent. Because your faith is run dry. Because you've grown weary. Because church and the Christian thing is just not what it used to be for you anymore that you've gone through some things and your faith has wavered and you're not sure you can believe and you've become complacent. The Bible tells us the complacency of fools leads to destruction. Check it out, Proverbs. That's what, we are as a, that's what we are as a Christian nation today. That's why nobody else wants to be a Christian because we're complacent. This is the thing to do. Come sit with us. Your faith runs dry. You're not, you're not happy anymore. The joy's not there. The excitement's not there anymore. You're, 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 you are spiritually sick. You're spiritually ill. And some of us are physically. Some of us have gone through temptation and sin. Some of us are going through a broken marriage or a broken relationship. Some of us are going through uh, children that are, not, that are not living out the life in which you brought them up to live. Some of us are going through rough job situations, financial situations. Our marriage is not what we used to. Gosh, we made these vows and founded it on faith here. We are spiritually sick and physically sick today. Ill. And the same thing that Lazarus happened here, you're a certain somebody and you're loved as an individual, but Jesus Christ is camped out for two days later. Two days. And you're, and you're sick. Do what? And then even at that, he says, hey, boys, his disciples here, hey, we're going to go back up there and talk to uh, Lazarus and all them. And the disciples say, said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you are going there again? Yeah, in other words, dude, we just left there. They were looking to kill you, literally, on the way out of the street. They were throwing rocks at us. And you want to go back there again? Are you out of your mind, you know? How many of you know what rabbi means? What does rabbi mean? Teacher, teacher. That's what rabbi means, teacher. Anytime you ever see the term rabbi in the Bible, know that it stands for teacher. Anytime you ever see rabbi slash teacher, understand that God's trying to teach us something, okay? And so what's happening here is the disciples are saying, rabbi, teacher, the Jews, those people in Judea up there by Lazarus were just seeking to stone you and kill you. Are you going there again? And there's something to be sought here, that Jesus Christ is willing to go unto death to see that you don't remain in your sickness. That although he may have waited two days and it felt like two months or two years or 20 years that you've been going through crap. Yes, I say crap. That you've been going through this. 
Jesus Christ still has the attitude and the mentality saying, if it costs me my life for my children, for that certain someone, for that someone that I absolutely love as an individual, if it costs me my life to get them out of hell, to get them out of darkness, to get them out of sickness, to get them out of shame, out of bondage, out of whatever they're walking through, I'll do it. That's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. He's saying, I will go. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. It's a funny story. Thomas soon speaks up, one of the disciples here. Thomas, and we know Thomas is the doubter, or Didymus, Didymus. I'd hate that name, you know what I mean? Thomas is way cooler. But uh, Didymus, it means like twin. And I guess, I don't know if he, I don't know if he had a twin or if he looked like Jesus and they called him like twin, you know, little brother. I don't know. And, um, but his name was Didymus and uh, otherwise called Thomas. And he's known in the Bible as Thomas the Doubter. You know, how would you like to be called a doubter? That's your nickname. Doubter, hater, you know, that kind of stuff. And he, what he was doing is doubting like Jesus Christ appeared. We call him the doubter. They didn't call him then, but we call him the doubter now because Jesus Christ appeared in the upper room. He said, bull, Yeah. April told me to stop saying that word because Noah walks around saying bull. <laughs> so bull, that's what Thomas was saying. Bull, you know, let me see your hands. Let me see your side. Okay, I believe. That kind of stuff. So we know him as a doubter. That's what we know him as. But you know what? I was one time I was praying. <laughs> I was praying. This, this, this mom had asked me in April to, to pray over her son, young son. Uh, he was going through like surgery and going through a lot of stuff at the doctor. And I was just praying, you know, and, and I started, I was like, man, I really sense that God is declaring him as a Thomas. And she was like, she knew the Bible, you know, and she was like, oh, no, you're not doing that. You're not calling my son a doubter, lack of faith, individual. Well, what was happening here is what we see. We see the definition of Thomas. Right after this, Jesus Christ says, hey, guys, we're going up there. And the disciples are like, (laughs) and Thomas speaks up, the doubter, and says, you know what? Guys, get over your concerns. Get over your worries. I'm going to follow this man if it costs me my life as well. That's Thomas. That's the so-called the doubter. That's the more Christians that we need. No matter where Jesus Christ may take us and where he may lead us to in the path unknown and the valleys and the mountains and the light and the dark, no matter where he takes us, we need some more Thomases to arise and say, you know what, Jesus Christ, where you go, I'll go. I'll go. That's Thomas, the doubter. He says, guys, quit your complaining. We believe in this man. We'll follow this man if it takes us down to our death. Son. So they go down there and they're a little ways away. And the disciples start questioning. Jesus, we've spent two days back here. What's going on here? I don't understand what we're doing. We're taking our time because I can just see him kind of strolling. See that bird over there, John? Let me tell you a story. Because he's always good like that. You know what I mean? He's like, see that farmer? Watch him throw seed. I throw a seed. It's crazy stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'd love to walk with Jesus. But anyways, and, and so he, I could just see him strolling, and they begin to question him. And, and in John chapter 11, verse 11 right here, um, it says, after saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I will go awake him. And so what the disciples were doing was like, God, we got to hurry and get there, Jesus. I mean, this dude is dying, and what we're doing, we're hearing rumors that he's already dead. And you're taking your time. This sickness, it was not the sniffles, because the sniffles don't kill us today. 
But this sickness and this illness that was in Lazarus was leading to death and it had already led to death. And they were questioning Jesus Christ as if, if, are you going to hurry up? There's rumors that he's already died. You know what Jesus replies to them? He says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. We're gonna go wake him up. You know what it is? When we go through crap, and we go through spiritual illnesses and physical illnesses, when we go through depression, when we go through anxiety and fear, when we go through those financial crises or those marriages situation, or we're at tangoing with our parents and we're just fist and fist, knuckle to knuckles, or we're lacking in faith and God's not providing here and not providing there, and church is just blah, and you know, and all this kind of stuff's going at us spiritually and we're dying spiritually, and and also physically, temptation and sin and, 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 adultery is creeping into our life and pornography and alcohol and cussing and we're blaspheming people because that's all we can do is speak negative about people because that's all we feel negative about ourselves. We're dying on the inside. This illness, is, this illness is slowly leading to death and Jesus Christ, where is he to be found? Two days hanging out somewhere. And you know what Jesus Christ says? You and your death this morning, you and the illness that is going to lead to death or some of you have been there so long that man, it's done. You know what he says to you this morning? You're not dead. You're only asleep. That's what Jesus says. My faith is dead. My faith is run dry. Yeah, you see it that. Jesus says, yeah, you're just asleep. We're going to wake you up this morning. We're going to wake you up this morning. So he's on his way and individually comes out Mary and Martha. I love this. And they come out, they like, yeah, I can just see him. I don't know. I have this weird, yeah, just uh, up here. And they just slide like some soccer player, like one got a goal and they're on their knees and they're just like, ah, you know, at Jesus Christ. And, and he's like, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. One by one, they do this, you know? Oh, Jesus, if you would have just been here. Yeah, gosh, you can do, if, if, you gave, if you gave sight to the blind, you can surely raise this guy from the dead, our brother from the dead. Surely he's the certain somebody. You love him. Why didn't you come sooner? Why haven't you been here? One by one, they come up. One by one. They come up and they, 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 they express their frustration. You know what I had them do uh, today or uh, last Wednesday? I don't know if it's the last two Wednesdays or not. They express their frustration to God. Now, we need some more Mary and Marthas in this world that'll stop sitting on a pew. I didn't even say this in the first service. That'll stop sitting on a pew and stop playing church because this world knows that you're playing church here. And that starts being a Mary and Martha. And if you got an issue and you got something wrong and you need, you need to confront God like you confront your mom and dad. Because we don't have a problem yelling at our mom and dad, but they don't. You know I mean? They said that Wednesday night. You don't either with your parents. God is our heavenly father. And if there's an issue that we have and our faith is running dry, God, I don't know where you are. Can you help me, please? <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling to believe anymore. How about telling that? Where's, where, where, where's the Mary and Marthas that are just going to go unto God, Jesus Christ, no matter what the consequence is, no matter what the concerns is, because a woman couldn't even approach Jesus Christ, such as a rabbi and a teacher, but in, in their humility and their shame approached and said, we got a need that you could meet and you, where have you been? One by one. So much so that the whole city comes out because, I mean, they're mourning. I mean, this is a certain somebody that's loved. Their whole city's mourning. They come out. And, I mean, Jesus sees them, and they're just, they're all mourning, and they're weeping and uncontrollably because Lazarus has died. I mean, the illness has led to death. And they're uncontrollably, and the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ was deeply moved with compassion. 
You know, some of you need to hear this morning that what you're going through and what you've gone through, Jesus Christ cares. And that he is, your pain, your struggles, and your sorrow deeply moves him to compassion. So well, it doesn't sound like it. It sure doesn't look like it. Shouldn't even look like he cares or even if he's got an attention. It looks like he's just put on this something that just keeps him from caring whatsoever about me. Poor, pitiful me. No, he cares. He's deeply moved with compassion placed on your situation and your circumstance. The divorcing of your parents or your, your marriage about to, on the brink of divorce, financial crisis, uh, kids running away from home and, and doing whatever you told them not to do in the name of Jesus Christ by the Bible. And, and job situations and struggles here and anxiety and depression because, you know, all of us got, all of us got anxiety, ADHD, and ADD. You know, everybody's messed up. Huh, everybody's messed up. I, you don't even have to go to the doctor to tell you you're messed up. I'll tell you, you're messed up. The doctor tells us all kinds of stuff that we're messed up and that we're wrong and you need to take this and you need to take that and all it does is bring us down. And our sin and our temptation and our weariness and God, is this sin ever going to cease from my life? It's a temptation every single morning. <laughs> On the doorstep every morning, it's waiting for me. This is unreal. It's unbearable. I can't take this. And it's an illness that is taking us to death. It's an illness. But he cares. He's deeply moved by your anxiety and your doubt and your worry. He's deeply moved by your spiritual illness. He's deeply moved and concerned about your, spirit, your, your illness and your physical. He cares. Just like he cared here. I love this. Like next scripture says, and then he's so deeply moved that he weeps. This is Jesus wept. I loved it in Royal Rangers or Awanas or something, you know. They'd be like, John McIntosh, I'd come up and memorize my verse. I'd be like, Jesus wept. <laughs> you know, and like, you used that one last week, John, you know, can you get another one? Jesus wept. Good. Where, where is it from? Where? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I loved it, though, because it's like the shortest verse in the Bible, and I could memorize it, you know what I mean? Because I was ADHD. And I, <laughs> whatever. It's who I am, you know. It's who I am. I'm not going to change you. Change me. It's who God made us. And so he, he, he's concerned. He weeps uncontrollably. He weeps. He like, and Jesus shed a tear. He's deeply moved and concerned about what has taken place in the life of people mourning over the life of Lazarus. And in the same situation, he is deeply moved and concerned about your sorrow, your sadness, the situations in your life that you have gone through or that you are going through or that you will go through. He cares. He really cares to the point he, 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 is un he weeps. He's deeply moved. And so he's so deeply moved, he says, you know what? Let's go to the tomb. Okay, all right, you know. And the, and the whole way, Mary and Martha's like, you know. Like, man, if you could just been here. You know what he says to them? He says, this is amazing. I don't know why I didn't put it up in the scripture. And he says, he says, to those who believe, they will see the glory of God. Do you still believe? That's what he asked them the whole way there. Do you still believe? Do you still believe? I wonder, do you still believe in your darkness, in your illness, 
in your death. So the whole way there, he gets there and he's they're deeply moved and he's ill and he's like, he's like, roll away the rock from the cave. It's basically, just like what Jesus, I mean, it rolls away the tomb there, roll, rolls away the rock. So again, it goes back to the picture. Just kept having in my, couldn't get it out of my head. He says, roll away the rock. And then again, Mary and Martha's like, he's been in there four days. He stinks. Literally, the Bible says that. It doesn't say the word stink, but he is going to smell of great odor. That's what they say, you know? And I, I mean, I'm not a fan of smelling great odor. I don't know what it is about men. It'd be like, man, this, gosh, this smells awful. Here, let me smell. I don't know what it is about us, you know? And then we're like, ah, you know, gagging. I smell something horrible and it's on. I mean, it's on. I was on a bus ride on the way home the other day from a soccer game and a little girl had a migraine and, and she threw up. <laughs> Mr. McTosh was up in the window. <laughs> window down, bus driver, the bus driver's wanting to slow down, make sure she's okay. I'm like, speed up the bus. I cannot smell this or it's on. It's on. We're going to have two episodes of it. I'm literally, <laughs> Mr. McTosh, you going to help her? No, help her. Help you do it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take it. I can't take smells. Again, it goes back to that Kleenex thing. Yeah, I can't take it. That's what Mary and Martha were saying, Jesus this joker's been in there for four days. He is going to stink of great odor. And Jesus is like, roll away the rock. Like as he has nostrils of fire, you know. Roll, roll, I don't know what that can. Roll away the rock. And then, uh, so everybody's mourning and everybody's sadness and like, they're oh man, they're all like, See if they could smell. You know, and in his like sarcasm almost, in his brokenness, the Bible says that he looks up into heaven. It's so wild. The Bible says he looks up into heaven and he prays an out loud prayer where everybody can see and everybody can hear. And he says, he goes, God, and that's what it says, it directs his focus to the heavens and he vocalizes his prayer. It's really strange, but he does it for a reason. And he goes, God, I am praying to you now so that the people can hear me talk to you and know that you sent me and I am your son so that those who believe in me will not die but will continually live in me. He's saying this. Paraphrase. All these people, aloud, weeping, mourning, tomb rolled away. And he's saying this. And the Bible says that he does this so that the people can hear and the people can see. And then he says with a loud voice, the next, I think it's verse 43. And he said, when he had said these things, that, that prayer, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Because remember, he's asleep. Got to wake him up. Your death, your illness is only a sleep and a nap to Jesus Christ. Lazarus, come out. And the Bible says literally, like, walks out like mummified, like waddles out. He waddles out and he's completely wrapped from head to toe. People, people are like, oh. and you know what he says after that? 
He says, unbind him and let him go. And moving on, moving forward with this series, it was as if God said, unbind them and let them move on with life. Unbind them and let them fulfill their destiny. Unbind them from this darkness, the sin, the shame, the misery, the anxiety, the worry, the doubt, the fear, the depression, so forth and so on. Unbind them and let them move forward in life again. I was like, God, this is phenomenal. I'm going through hell on earth right now. My, myself, I am. I am. I mean, Wednesday night, Wednesday, I literally, I thought I had a, I was going to have a mental breakdown. I, it, it sounds funny and padded walls and all that kind of stuff. I'm serious as it gets. The anxiety, the worry, and the fear had gripped my life with the surroundings of what was going on and the chaos and the craziness and the heaviness bombarded me all day Wednesday that I was on the verge of snapping and losing it completely. So when I'm reading this story, it's like, oh, unleash me, God. Let me move on with my life, please. And he's like, what do I do? And God was like, yeah. When I yelled Lazarus' name and I declared him to come out, and I want you to say, John, come out. The psalmist tells us to remind our soul that we're a certain someone that is loved by a certain God that is created for a certain, that was absolutely certain to create us for a reason. So we should remind our soul that God is still God. And so Jesus was telling me, John, you scream at yourself, John, come out. So I did. I've been doing it. I asked them to record this. I need to hear this more than you do. I'm serious. I ain't gone through this in a long time. And there's some people in here that are going through some stuff. People are letting you down. There's wounds and scars that in the past that you, you, can't, you can't heal from. Not enough neosporin in the world will heal you from. You're going through fear and you've been divorced and loneliness has crept in or you're single and loneliness has crept in or sin has crept in and temptation and, and, and this and that has crept in and anxiety and depression and I'm taking this medication and now that didn't fulfill and now I'm gonna take this medication and this one and three of them should do me good now. I got three people that can do you good. His name's the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And this, this illness slowly backs us into darkness, slowly backs us into death, just like it did Lazarus. We find ourselves in a tomb, in a rock, in a cave, in a cage, literally enslaved with the crap that's going on with our lives or that is going on with us. And this is where we sit this morning, in illness, backing us into darkness from temptation and sin and struggles and family and wife and spouse and sons and daughters and work and finances and anxiety and depression. Oh my gosh, we pray with a young lady today. She said, I'm, I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with killing myself. She's a Christian. Don't tell me that I'm not, don't tell me that I'm crazy. There 
are more, there are more Christians in the church that are struggling with depression than there is outside the church. We go through crap and it brings us down and it backs us into a cave. It backs us into a tomb. It puts us in darkness. And there Jesus has waited two days. There Jesus has waited. He's, we're four days dead now. Some of us feel like it's been four months, four years, 40 years. We, we've been dead 40 years. Where's Jesus now? Where's his sympathy? Where's his compassion? Where's his deeply being moved, John? Four years. Jesus Christ says, Armando, come out. Brandon, come out. Pierce, come out. I haven't designed you to live that way. What's happened is happened. Let's move on and let's move forward in life. He walks out, unbind him, and let him move forward, fulfilling the destiny and purpose and the reason why I've given that individual life in the first place. So this morning, we're going to get real. You said we've already gotten real. We're going to get more real. This morning, God asked me to say, John, come out. The whole world's ready to come out of the closet. It's time that the church world starts coming out. It's time that the church world starts coming out and being real and saying, you know what? I got struggles and issues, but I serve a God who is above my struggles and issues. You got it perfect? No. I, 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 that's for, just bring up a story. I, I tell you about the student. I was a student today. I was, I was a student Friday, and he was like, Mr. McIntosh, did you lie to me? And I'm like, no, I didn't lie, but you know where liars go, don't you? And he was like, you know, we're in public education, you know. I'm like, you know where liars go, don't you? Literally, just like that. Yeah, seriously. And I was like, liars go to heaven. And he was more like, I was like, name one individual in this face of the earth that hadn't lied. Are we all going to hell? And he's like, we're messed up people with a whole lot of problems. But God will go to fight for us until death to see us that we don't remain in there, maybe two days, maybe four days, maybe four years, maybe four months. But God is longing to call you out of the darkness this morning and say, Jesus, come out. Oh, John, come out. So this morning, I'm going to count to three, and you're going to yell your name. Come out. You're going to yell Jenna. You're going to yell Pierce, and you're going to yell Brandon. You're going to yell your name. Because remember, we're asleep here. We're going to remind ourselves that we are a certain somebody. We're going to remind ourselves that we're loved by love and that we have a purpose in this world. And so we're going to remind our soul this morning. I'm going to give you on the count of three here an opportunity to say your name out loud all together. Come out. One, two, three. John, come out. And then you know what he says? Unbind them. Let them move on with life. Move on with life this morning. Because he's your victory. Move on in life. Move forward. Worship team. Let's get ready to worship.
as I close right here, I, I just, I just want to remind you of some promises that God has. I just want to remind you this morning that it, you do have the ability of victory. You do have the ability to move on in life. I love this, what it says in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 60, verse one says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness over the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. (laughs) Arise this morning. Come out of your darkness. Come out of your grave. Come out of your sin and your shame. Come out of your anxiety and your depression and your worry. Come out this morning. Arise and shine, O men of God. Arise and shine, O women of God. For your light has come. Your day has come. Move on and move forward with life. Now, you know when we do that? You know when we do that? We scream. First Corinthians. Our live screens. First Corinthians. In chapter 15, verse 55 and 57. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is his law. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, arise. This morning, men of God, arise out of your tombs and arise out of your darkness. Women of God who are certain to be a certain somebody in this life, arise and worship him this morning. Arise in your misery and in your darkness and your shame. Arise out of darkness because you have victory this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. You have victory this morning. Death has lost its sting. (laughs) Death has lost its power. Because of you, no, but because of Jesus Christ. Let's move forward this morning. Let's pray. Let's stand. Let's stand and pray. Jesus Christ. In our darkness. In our illness. God, remind us that we're a certain somebody created by a certain God that was absolutely certain we had a purpose worth living for. Remind us this morning that you don't love us as a whole, but you love us as individuals by name. That you can do nothing else other than love because you are love. Remind us this morning that our illness doesn't lead to death, but it simply is taking us a nap. This morning, God, as we spoke into our spirit and said, come out. We ask that you awaken our hearts and unbind us this morning as you did that day with Lazarus in front of all those people and ask him to move on with life, move forward with life again. 